Hi everyone, this is Daphne. This time on School Yeah, we find out how much Clint knows about saying no to drugs. The guys talk about grades, and they share some thoughts about the goods and bads of back to school. Okay, enjoy the episode. Hello everyone, and welcome to opening day of season three. I'm Chad, coming to you from Astoria, Oregon. And I'm Clint from Roanoke, Virginia, and this is your favorite education podcast, School Yeah. Brought to you by two middle-aged teachers, dads, and hipster doofuses who talk across the country about our combined 30-plus years of education experiences. It's the podcast created by teachers for teachers. Or anyone else. And we hope you'll find it as fun and interesting as season three of Stranger Things. But without the mind flare. Maybe. You never know. (laughs) We could go upside down in this business. Who knows? Sure. So, Chad, how was your summer? Oh, man, I'm so glad you asked, Clint. I mean, it was... Time's up. I'm sure it was great, but our listeners don't care about our summers or us or anything like that. They want the good <laughs> stuff. They want the deep, intellectual, research-based content they have come to know and love over the past two seasons. So let's jump right in. All right. How about a dumb game about educational acronyms? Perfect. Let's do this. All right. So we've played this game in the past to critical acclaim, so we're going to do it again. If you're in education, you know that if there's a policy or a program or initiative, and if it has two or more words, it's going to get acronymized. I think I just made that up. I think it's perfect. It's a, It should be a word, and we should make an acronym about it. Uh, since, Clint, you've been a little bit busy with your first week of uh, the school year, I did the research on this one, and we're going to see how well you know your acronyms. So you ready to get started? Let's do it. I'm ready. You know, I think I'm a little bit of an acronym file. Okay. Is that, is that a word? Yeah. I I, 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 uh, I kind of dig them. Okay. So as I was kind of researching this a little bit, I thought maybe we'd start with something simple. I'm going to step away from education just a little bit. Okay. And I'm just going to see how you do with uh, kind of some day-to-day acronyms that sometimes we don't even know are really acronyms because we've just kind of come to know them as regular words. Okay. Okay. So let's let's start with this one. How about uh, radar? Uh, like what is that? What I'm, I'm yeah, trying what to is, name what, what it is. What does radar stand for? Did you know that was an acronym? Um, I did know it was an acronym, but I don't think I've ever, I have no idea what it stands for. Hit me. Okay, so radar is radio detection and ranger. And ranger? Like Aragorn from Lord of the Rings? (laughs) Yes. That's exactly it. (laughs) Wow. Let's simplify this one just a little bit more. Maybe that was too hard to start out with. I'm not very smart. How about the outdoor clothing company, REI? Oh, jeez. Recreational. uh, Equipment? International. Very close. Recreational Equipment Incorporated. Maybe we're shooting from the three-point line. Maybe you're forgetting that I just got done teaching all day, and I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) My brain is mush-mush. Here's one I know you know. Okay. TCBY. This country's best yogurt? Did you say this country's? Wait, the country's? Yes. Yes, our judges will take that one. Okay. Okay. Good. So we're we're starting to get warmed up a little bit. Okay, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'd like to comment on the fact that frozen yogurt is gross. And yeah. it's a crime against ice cream. And there, there's no such thing as best yogurt because it's all gross. Anyway, continue. <laughs> all right. So, so let's move on. So a couple <laughs> other ones that are very interesting here. Uh, did you know that uh, LASER uh, is an acronym for Light Amplification by Stimulated Emission of Radiation? I did know it was an acronym. I couldn't have told you what it all stood for, though. How about SCUBA? Self-contained breathing apparatus. Very close, but you forgot the underwater. Oh. 
I thought this might be interesting. I'm going to give you a few educational acronyms that are pretty commonplace. Uh, they're used, I think, universally across the country. I might be wrong. Um, I don't want you to feel dumb, Clint, if you don't know these. I okay? because, am dumb. It's fine. Okay, so then we don't need to worry about your feelings at all. No, I have no feelings. But these are terms that if I was a parent, perhaps, and I know we have a lot of parents that listen, and if I go into a meeting sometimes, we sometimes throw around acronyms like we assume every, everyone else knows them. So I think these are some helpful ones to kind of understand because I've had parents tell me before, like, yeah, I go to this IEP meeting and you guys talk over my head about these things. So what does an IEP stand for? Uh, that is an individual educational plan or education plan. Yeah, absolutely. Individualized or individual. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good job. How about ASB? Associated student body. Very good. Very, Clint, you are two for two. Yes. I'm very proud of you. How about ELL? English language learner. How about ESL? English is a second language, which went out of favor because it doesn't have to be their second language. All right, here's a big one. PLC. It's a professional learning community or committee very good community yeah, I, th I think it's community okay. yeah but committee would probably work i mean now we're splitting hairs we're gonna we're gonna jump in a time machine here this is a term that we all grew up with if you are in your if you are between probably 35 and 45 you probably grew up knowing this uh acronym but i don't know if you know what it means dare so dare was a program that uh people came in and taught students about staying saying no to drugs i think it was a big nancy reagan thing what did D.A.R.E. stand for? Yeah, drugs are really excellent, <laughs> I think. Yep, you got it. <laughs> Is that your final answer? No, uh, but I can't remember what it stands for, so hold on. Drug and... Oh, this is so fun. Oh, gosh, I, am, I feel so stupid. I have the internet in front of me, and I would like to look it up, but I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> I can just tell yeah, you. Yeah, just say it. Drug abuse... Resistance, resistance education. education. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, and I don't know if they ever actually told us. Do you that. remember McGruff the crime dog? Oh, do I? Yes. He would take a bite out of crime. Mm -hmm. That's about all I remember from Dare. I remember Fred McGriff. He played for the Braves, and they called him the crime dog. Okay. <laughs> Sports ball. <laughs> all right. Here's your quiz. Okay. Here's the acronym. P S E. P is in pony. P S E. Is it a physical setting evaluation? So that would be uh, the part of your teacher evaluation where the uh, administrator evaluates you on your classroom, your physical setting. Okay. Would it be the personal and social education? That is a curriculum where you are taught about, uh, you know, personal and social behaviors and those kind of things. Or is it the preferred social environment? So this would be something that might be set up for a student uh, in an IEP, maybe, uh, for example, and where they prefer to be, you know, at school in social settings. So physical setting evaluation, personal and social education, or preferred social environment. I'm going to take B for 500, Alex. Clint, you nailed it. Yes! It is personal and social education. Now, here's what I love about this one. Just like many acronyms, they added letters along the way. So it started out as PSE. Then it became PSHE, which kind of sounds like someone just going like, Psh. <laughs> what do you think that H stood for? Uh, home, heart, happy. <laughs> health. Health, Hell. that's right, health. <laughs> and then along the way, they evolved into adding a C in there. So it was PSCHE. So it's kind of like pushish. <laughs> that C was citizenship, and most recently they added an E in there at the end, so it's P-S-C-H-E-E, -E. Pishee. 
Anyway, hey, you did a great job, man. But did I? Did I <laughs> really, kidding. Chad? It's it's the beginning of the year. We're gonna we're gonna be uh, easy on you. Well, I appreciate that. I I do not have very many brain cells functioning at this moment. That's probably fair. because I thought that Dare stood for drugs are really excellent. <laughs> so I lost all those brain cells. Thanks a lot, Nancy Reagan. Yeah, thanks, Nancy. All right, that was fun. Let's take a quick break. Today's episode of Schoolja is brought to you by Pocket Potty. An average person empties their bladder six to eight times per day. In most careers, when the urge hits, you can step away from what you're doing and visit the restroom. Not so for teachers. With 30 students to keep under control every minute of the day, by the time they get on the bus, your bladder's fit to bust. What's a teacher to do? Introducing Pocket Potty, the first over-the-counter self-catheter system designed for the working teacher. Unlike most self-cath systems, the Pocket Potty is designed to remain comfortably inserted throughout the workday, eliminating both your urine and the need to use the toilet. And with its durable, puncture-free drainage system, you can feel secure that your pee won't get free. Don't endure the pain and damage to your kidneys of holding it all day. Just slip in the Pocket Potty and get back to work. What a relief. Hey, welcome back to the show. Some parts of the country, like here in Virginia, have been in school a few weeks, and others, like Oregon, traditionally start the day after Labor Day. And, while at least in my opinion not a lot of fun, it's pretty darn important to spend the first few days of school teaching those class expectations. You know, you really only get one chance to set some of those foundational expectations, but that's probably a whole new topic for another day. Right. So, almost all of us make sure to cover important things, such as safety, homework procedures, how bathroom passes work, and of course, grades. Or more specifically, and particularly in middle and high schools, how a student can earn an A, B, C, D, or F. But what does that letter really mean? You know, we've touched on this a few times in previous episodes, but today we're going in with both feet like a kid jumps into a pool on the last day of summer vacation. We're going to try to unwrap the somewhat bizarre, I mean, seriously, why is there no grade E, uh, and perhaps outdated standard of letter grades, looking at both the pros and the cons, and perhaps submit a few of our suggestions to the education gods for consideration. So Clint, let's start here. Pretend you're a hardcore letter grade advocate. Pitch to me the benefits of the system. So the good things about having letter grades is that it allows students to know how well they are doing very, very quickly and easily. And since we are so used to it, it's a simple system for them to understand. It also is the same thing that parents had when they were going through school. So they know what an A is. They know that 90% of the material their child is understanding or something along those lines. It's something that transfers easily from one school system to another, one school to another. Here in Roanoke, we have two high schools in the same school district and kids are constantly bopping back and forth between them. And it's very simple to look at what their grade was at the other school and know right where they need to be when they come over here. And most of the time, the letter grades correspond with just a 10% system, so it makes it really easy to tell what's going on. Those are the pros I can think of. You got any extras? In terms of the the positives, I think you kind of covered it. All right, so tell me what you think the negatives are, because right now, these letter grades are sounding pretty nice. Yeah, and feel free to jump in here. One of the things that has always concerned me, and this is probably the, the, the big picture here, is so let's say that your A is 90% above. Great. 
let's say your B is 89 to, to 80%. But what does that actually mean? Just because a kid comes to you from another school and they have, let's say, a B in a class, that is about the end of where the kind of uniformity in grades is. How a teacher chooses to grade a student and give them that B is pretty much either up to the school or in some cases up to the teacher. We absolutely know of those teachers that are quote unquote hard graders and easy graders and kids know that too. You know, if you have two teachers both teaching the same subject, sometimes kids are like, I got to get into that class because I know so-and-so is really easy. Right. They give you lots of extra credit opportunities or whatever. So it kind of negates this universal system. There's really kind of two things that most grades are based off of. It's your content knowledge. It's how you've done on tests or papers or what, or, or however, uh, your teacher, that teacher, that content area chooses to evaluate your understanding of, of the material. But then most grades are, in some cases, very heavily weighted on soft skills like attitude, participation, things like that, that sometimes can be really easy to achieve for some students, even if they don't understand much of the material. For other students, it might be really hard to achieve, even if they understand the material really well. And depending on how each teacher, I guess, just has personal feelings about what they feel to be more important, like, oh boy, like you don't know much, but you're such a great kid and you participate in class and that's really important to me. So 80% of your grade is based on that stuff. That kid might be getting an A where in this in the teacher you know right down the hall who puts more emphasis on how they do on tests and things like that that kid may be failing so that's the thing that's always kind of really i've struggled with is kind of mixing the soft skills with the content knowledge so it really isn't as universal as we think it is and it rewards students who are able to play the game of school who know how to talk to adults and kind of butter them up in a way like we're all susceptible to being manipulated by a charismatic child as much as we think we're not everybody has a soft spot it's very hard to stay neutral and not play favorites with the kid that always makes you laugh you know you let them turn in late work when you shouldn't and you you know you have those other issues so i think yeah 100 we think of it as something that is a cut and dried percentage of what you actually know, but it really isn't. It's always uh, been interesting to me that schools are always accredited. So outside organization comes in every few years and makes sure that you are kind of meeting standards to prove that you are a valid school and that if you have kids graduating from there, that colleges and universities and diplomas and everything else can, can be valid, right? But there never seems to be any sort of checks and balances for specifically how grades are, are given. Right. You know, the other thing for me is, and again, this is kind of a bigger picture thing, but we have lots of students who have very different kind of expectations for what they are trying to get out of their high school experience. I mean, let's assume that they all want a diploma, but some, let's say, may have a goal of being accepted into to Yale and others might just want to get that diploma so that, that they can go work for, you know, their family logging business. And yet we're grading them using the exact same scale. And that seems a little bit difficult to, to wrap my head around sometimes when it's like, maybe we can accommodate the needs of the student a little bit more with our with our grading system. One of the other problems that I think is key, and I was actually talking to one of my colleagues about it today, is that students and parents care way more about the grade than actually understanding what the material is. And I have to have this conversation with parents on back to school night that's like, your kid is going to probably get a C for the first nine weeks because they've never had to think like this before. And they're going to learn and they're going to move forward. But just you need to understand that they're getting a C because that's all the more they know. But by the end of the year, they will improve because they're going to learn more. And that is a hard lesson for a kid to understand that you have to attain a certain level of expertise before you're able to earn the grade that you want instead of it just 
just being a reward for playing the game correctly. There was some research that was done trying to figure out how to get students to learn best from their previous exams. They gave students back tests that they had the grade written on the top so the student could see right away what they got on the test. And then they tried to do some sort of test review. And then they had another group where they just handed them the test. It was finished, it was completed, but there was no grade on it. There was no markings, okay? And they did a test review. And then after the test review, they shared the student's results. Now, this may be obvious, but definitely you can probably imagine that as soon as those students who saw their grade on the top of that test, uh, as soon as they saw that, they completely checked out from the review process. They knew what the result was and the learning of the material that was still important that they were still going to need to know later down the road pretty much took a back seat to the fact that I got an A or I got an F or whatever that may be. And that's really all they cared about. Whereas the other group, it was already graded. The test was still done, but they invested a lot more time into that review process because they didn't know, they didn't know that final result. And I think that if you want to sit down with a kid or a parent and you want to say, listen, here's where they're at. These are some important things. A lot of times it's, yeah, but why do they have a C? Yeah. How can we get them to an A? Exactly. And it's like, well, no, hold on now. <laughs> let's take a step back and let's make sure that we're understanding that the important thing is that they're learning the material. Yeah, absolutely. And the question I get asked the absolute most at school is, is this, is this getting graded? Implying that if it's not getting graded, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to waste my time learning something if I'm not getting any points out of it. And so we've created this weird incentive system where like Pavlov's dogs, they're drooling at the mouth at the idea of getting a grade instead of drooling at the mouth at the idea of learning something. And I know that kids can be lazy and whatever, and some of that is inevitable probably, but we do have a system that rewards this weird arbitrary grade system instead of learning. And I used to do that study that you're talking about when I taught senior research papers. Because those research papers had to pass in order for them to graduate, I would not give them their grade until they had gone through and done some revision because they needed to know that it was important to read my comments and do the things that they ne that needed to happen. So that does work. It is a better it is a better way of doing it, but it is also hard. Like it takes more effort on the part of the teacher, and it takes more time. And if you have a curriculum, or you have administrators that are like get through this curriculum really fast, it can be hard to to take the time to go back and do those reviews. Okay, so we clearly talked a lot more about some of the disadvantages uh, than we did with the advantages. So uh, I guess we should probably you know throw out some ideas that maybe we have. One of the things that I think would be a lot better is if we went to kind of a pass-fail system that was based on competency. That's a pretty big buzzword, or at least it was a few years ago, competency-based education where either a student can do the skill or they can't do the skill. I think that that would make for a much better form of education if the kids are working towards a specific goal that's you have to be able to do this thing, then you can work them towards that. And unfortunately, because our students learn at such different rates, it ends up you've got some kids that get all their competencies done in about three or four months, or they could, and some other people are taking three or four months just to get the first one. It's hard to have a curriculum for one teacher and 30 kids in a class and, and make that work. And so I think we just have continued to do the ABCD kind of system because it means that we can stop having to work at getting kids across that line and say, well, they didn't make it all the way, so we'll give them a D. They'll still pass. It'll be fine. I, I've also seen, too, getting rid of the D. And I don't know if, I mean, that doesn't kind of 
there's still a lot of issues with with everything else we've talked about that doesn't really address but you know a lot of people would kind of say like in the real world and in life if you're doing you know 70% or better of the work that's usually fairly acceptable I mean it kind of depends on what you do if you're an airline pilot that's probably not true I got 70% of the way there it's fine (laughs) but you know I mean we're talking about like you're doing you're doing some decent work Um, and then like you said sometimes that D is just an avoidance of an F in a lot of cases it's like the kid should pass but they really haven't done you know they haven't done the work well you know they, they end up getting a d but that's that's really kind of not an acceptable level of performance in most cases and so i know some places have explored getting rid of a, a d altogether that makes sense and i think we talk in quotes about the real world all the time and almost nobody turns out something that's perfect Except for this podcast. Yeah. And we have so many kids that are have anxiety because they're trying to get to this 100% or perfect grade point average and whatever. And that's not generally something that we're able to actually achieve. I mean, I'm not saying we should lower our standards of what excellence means, but we should maybe reevaluate the way that we demonstrate it. Sure. I think, though, we've covered just about everything we know about grades. Uh, I'd, I'd give us a B plus. That sounds fair. It's, it's all arbitrary anyway. <laughs> You you want to join in on this conversation? Share your thoughts or ideas by contacting us on Facebook and or Twitter at SchoolJapod. We'd love to add to our list. And now another word from our sponsor. Well, it's a new school year, which means I'm getting myself out of vacation mode and back into teacher condition. This means a sore throat and aching feet the first week of school. And after 16 years in the business, I've come to expect it. But the biggest pain I always take for granted in the summer is the luxury to use the bathroom whenever I want. The back-to-school grind means relearning how to hold it and dealing with the discomfort of a full bladder all day. That was until I found the Pocket Potty. This thing is awesome. It's the only teacher-designed catheter system on the market that allows for comfortable, discreet urination anytime, anywhere. With the Pocket Potty, I can let it go during a long class period without missing a beat. And with its patented no-spill puncture-free reservoir, I never have to worry about embarrassing leaks. With the Pocket Potty, I can spend less time contorting my body to relieve bladder pressure and more time focusing on my students. Plus, the Pocket Potty is great for long car rides, dance recitals, and concerts. So don't wait any longer. Get your Pocket Potty today. It'll be a huge relief. And welcome back. It's time to commence our time together with our final segment of the show. The last few seasons, this segment, the lovingly titled Dad Chat, has given us the chance to share some of the cool things going on in our lives. After all, this show is intended to be about teachers both inside and outside of the classroom. And while this third and final segment of the show can still be open to some of those really special personal moments in our lives, we've decided to expand our options a little. So because we've decided to make this segment a little bit broader and cover more things than just our own personal lives, we've decided to to rename it wait what since it's early september and back to school is in full swing we thought it might be fun to share some of our unforgettable back to school memories either as a teacher or as a student and to make it more interesting how about we share at least one good memory and one not so good memory Sound good, Chad? Yeah, sounds great. Every time this time of year comes around for me, it really does like bring back a ton of memories. Uh, even as a little guy, and I see it in my kids a little bit too, is I used to love the school clothes and school supplies shopping process and kind of getting everything out and getting everything ready. I remember as a middle school age kid, maybe even high school, getting like $100, which didn't go very far even then for my school clothes, but spending a day driving to Portland, which was like an hour away and, and getting to school 
school clothes shop. But my, my memory along those lines is when I was a freshman in high school, my best friend Travis was a eighth grader. We were a year apart and we were not anywhere near the same size, but we came up with this really great plan where we were going to share clothes that year because it would double <laughs> our, uh, our, our repertoire. And, uh, so I remember, uh, getting back from my school clothes shopping, making sure that like, you know, I got things, maybe I was a little bit bigger than him, things a little bit smaller for me. He got things a little bit bigger for him and it actually worked, man. We would call each other on a school night. He lived like four miles away. I would get on my bike. I'd ride to his house. I'd say, man, I need to borrow that sweatshirt and those shoes. We even shared shoes. It was awesome. Oh, man. Yeah. We really expanded our closet that year. That sounds like a Disney Channel sitcom plot. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, it does. Uh, actually, uh, the other funny thing about that is I would always, we did this on purpose because I think this was like in Doogie Hauser or something. Uh, he would always leave his window open a crack and I always came to his house through his window, even though like, you know, I could just go through the front door. That was kind of a, a thing we always did. So yeah, it's definitely D Disney. Uh, oh my special, gosh. That's cute. Uh, material. That's very cute, Chad. Thank you. Speaking of my freshman year, you know, we kind of take it for granted. It's like another year for us. I mean, I've worked with so many freshmen over the years and things like that, but it can be a really traumatic experience for, for kids changing schools, high school. I assume it's still this way, but I remember as an eighth grader going into high school, kind of the fear and the rumors and all the kind of things that happen at the high school. And if you go by this hall, the, the guys are going to put you in the drinking fountain and all kinds of things that, of course, never happened. But we had two middle schools that merged when they went into the, the ninth grade year as, as freshmen. And so you would kind of know some of the students, maybe through sports or, or some other ways. But for the most part, no one really knew each other, but people knew of each other. During the summer prior to my freshman year, I kept running into people from this other school. And they would tell me that these two guys hated me and were going to beat me up. Now, why? I have no idea. I didn't even know who these guys were. But are you laughing right now? Yeah, I'm laughing. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny now. But I was I I had the worst summer. And I mean legitimately, like I was so nervous all summer long that on the first day of school. These two dudes were going to beat me up. And uh, I remember like the days leading up to the first day of school, like not getting any sleep and having a ton of anxiety. I just told my wife this story the other day and she said, well, did you tell your parents or anything? I said, of course not. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my friends. I didn't tell anybody. I kind of played it off like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Duh, duh. It was, it was frightening. It was horrifying. Now, no one ever beat me up. I don't even know if those guys ever even talked to me and everything was just fine. But when I think about this time of year and starting a new school year and thinking of some of the bad things, that was definitely the first thing that came to my mind yeah sounds scary it's <laughs> also explains so much about your workout regimen you don't want anybody to beat you up <laughs> that's exactly it man <laughs> i think exactly i think it. you've got some repressed feelings there <laughs> <laughs> i'm still waiting for those two guys to yeah show they show up. up i'm gonna show them <laughs> what about you for my good thing i like most people had friends oh good not so many anymore right but i had friends back in high school and in school in general and i was fairly isolated during the summers and so i didn't get to see my friends a whole bunch or at least not every day and so it was pretty great being able to see all of my friends again and like check our schedules and see what classes we had together but uh but yeah i, I really always looked forward to getting back into the groove with everybody uh, but the one part about the groove that I didn't like deals with one of my favorite things in the whole world, which is sleep. 
I love sleep. Like some people think of sleep as just like this necessary thing. I think of it as like dessert. It's the dessert of your day. You do all of the other stuff. You eat the roughage of going to work and you have a nice meal of, you know, spending time with your family. It's wholesome and whatever. But that sweet, sweet dessert is crawling into bed and closing your eyes and letting the sleep wash over you. And I, I just love it. And then the school year rolls around and you're like, oh, yeah, I have to get on a normal schedule again. And every single spring, I say to myself, I'm going to get up pretty early all summer long. I'm going to go to bed on time and I'm going to get up at like 630 every day. Might get some exercise. I might do some work around the house so that way I've got some things done. And every summer I start waking up around eight o'clock and I lose everything I had. And for the last two weeks, I've been getting up around five, 530 every single day. And that is why I sound drunk right now because I haven't had enough sleep. I need more dessert, Chad. It's not fair. You sound great. <laughs> I wonder if you can really condition yourself to like be better at getting up early because I don't know about you, but if I am used to sleeping in and then I start getting up early, yeah, the first week sucks, but it sucks just as bad six weeks later getting up early. I get more used to it. I still don't like it, but it's not like I'm dragging throughout the day. So I think my body gets used to it, but my mind is still like, give me some of that sweet, sweet pillow sugar. That's all I want. <laughs> that section's all going to get cut anyway. No, it is not. <laughs> I'm going to keep okay. all of it in there. I love it. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for Wait What? And now you know why we call it that, because it's seriously like, like, wait, what was that? <laughs> but do you have any questions? Do you want to share your thoughts about grades in school? We have an email address for that. Contact us at schooljapodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at Astoria. You can also find me on Instagram at Chatterboxes and at my web store, chatterboxes.com. And don't forget about our website, schooljapod.com. And just as a reminder, all our sponsors are fake. And you may have noticed we've changed our cover art, but we still want to give one last thank you to Corey Logan for creating our cover art for our first two seasons. Be sure to follow him on Instagram at Corey Logan Art. And as always, a big shout out to my wife, Nikki, for our wonderful theme song. Hey, if you like what you heard, please subscribe. And don't forget to give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find us. Or if that seems too hard, you should tell a friend to listen. Or you could stand on a street corner with one of those flippy signs and share that way. Yeah, maybe maybe just tell a friend. Uh, you, you, you do you. <laughs> In any case, thanks for listening. See you soon. I'm going to go ahead and cut that out of the edit later because I'm just repeating <laughs> you.